Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 11. I am your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I am joined again by a whole bunch of beans. Tonight I have with me on the line Chewy. How are you going Chewy? Good thanks, how are you? I'm pretty good. We also have Cracker. G'day mate. G'day. And of course we have Scott the Blaster Boy. Welcome back Scott, how are you going? Hey, thanks guys. Welcome all. That's the way. You miss, missed a week last week. I know you're a bit, bit disappointed about that, but you're back this week. So, so you recorded without me. That's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen sometimes. Was that's, that episode uh... more popular or less popular? I'm just oh, interested. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, mm. maybe we should look at the download count and see. It did uh... spike. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're glad to have you back, Scott, and I'm glad that the rest of you beans could join me tonight. So, we have a pretty jam-packed episode tonight. We've got a lot of things to go through. Uh, we haven't recorded for two weeks, which is our standard, but uh, speaking of standard, we will be discussing that tonight. Hey, here we go. I'm, uh, I'm turning into Chewy with these little segues. I'm proud of you. That's probably <laughs> probably not a good thing. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, there was there's one thing I wanted to bring up that I'm really disappointed about, especially in you, Chewy. Oh, hang on. This this whole set, this most recent set, Throne of Eldraine, everybody's been banging on about how flavourful this set is. Oh, there's so much <laughs> flavour in this set, all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's because it's got food. That's why it's flavourful, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. You got there, finally. <laughs> Uh, All this I, time and nobody's made that connection, I guess the flavour and the food. I guess it's quite low-hanging fruit, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Speaking of fruit, yeah. have you guys seen the shape of the bananas on the token? Yeah, what they're is going on those things? <laughs> they're insane. They are curly as. <laughs> okay, we are now a food podcast and uh, going into the, next all week of we're going to be discussing the carrots. Impor- and- the depth of the important <laughs> issues here on Magic yes. Feeds podcast. <laughs> right, let's get it back on track. So, we oh, thought right, we'd- uh, very curly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's not discuss Sorry. curly bananas. D- distracted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've had a couple of things that we've been getting up to in the last couple of weeks. So we actually managed as a group, other than Scott, unfortunately Scott couldn't make it, we managed to actually get together last weekend and draft some Modern Horizons. We've been trying to tee up for a very long time to get together and have a draft. And, of course, our walking card store, Chris, always has on hand some unopened boxes of almost whatever sets we want to, we feel like drafting. So he managed to tee it up. We all headed over to Chewy's place and had a bit of fun, actually got eight people together and had a draft. So, uh, Cracker, how did you find that night? Uh, like, I don't think any of us had actually drafted Horizons before. So what did you think of that? Yeah, man, it was great. It was really nice to finally be able to get all eight people sitting around a table and cracking real packs. Um, hadn't had the opportunity to to draft Modern Horizons. I heard a lot, you know, from all the different places online about how great a set it was to draft and how much fun. And you well, know, the, the last Mythic Championship was Horizons draft. It was, and it was really sweet. I don't, I don't know if any of us really actually watched the draft, but you sort of heard all through the weekend on the coverage they were talking about, like they did a lot of pack one, pick ones with a lot of the pros. So you sort of heard a fair bit about the archetypes and things. Yeah, so I, I quickly pulled up the uh, CFB primer page beforehand to show a couple of the <laughs> oh, other guys geez. who were- No, 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 no. So Cheese is like, what are we playing? <laughs> he doesn't even know what any of the sets are. It's one, yeah. of, one of our mates who's Play, played Magic the- about twice a year. Yeah, oh, he's, we're into Commander now. We've got him. We've got him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah hook, line and sinker there, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was really good. Where I, um, I drafted a, a red-black aggro deck. Uh, first picked Smiting Helix, which is the 
you know, Mardu lightning helix thing. And then Shorty decided to pass me a Skelemental because why not? And so I was all in on just red, black aggro <laughs> and uh, did all right. I ended up going 2-1, lost to Shorty in the finals yep. with his uh, red, white sliver beats. Yes. As, as, as always, whenever we draft a set that I don't really know, I almost always end up drafting either red or white aggro, and it's, it does me pretty well. So It's I actually it's a, a, a good lesson for people that are new to drafting. Like, yeah. if, if you're not sure, be proactive, be aggressive. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I hard disagree, man. The, the, the time you passed me <laughs> Trying Emrakul. to do broken things, that's yeah, Joel's. Yeah, correct, correct. Let me just, he passed me Emrakul in cube drafts and I just. <laughs> yeah, but cube draft, every pack is full of crazy bombs. It's, it's yeah, so it's, hard to take, take a yeah, peek. but Porcelain Legionnaire isn't a bomb, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I take that. That almost always ends up in my deck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was really sweet. Finally got to, yeah, you know, get some good games in and, you know, just hang out with the boys for an evening. It's always a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. We got we had a few guys that don't play very often. We don't get to get like they don't really come to tournaments that sort of stuff. But they they play a bit of commander and and sort of a few of the more casual formats. And every now and then we managed to get a few of them out and get a draft. So that was good fun. And the week before that we had the pre-release. So on our last podcast we had a bit of a discussion about the pre-release and where we we're going to play and all that sort of thing. So yeah, we managed to uh, to all get there except for Cracker. He unfortunately missed out. Uh, had some. Family commitments. Family commitments. <laughs> That'll do it. Gotta love those family commitments. But uh, yeah, we sort of went down there and uh, had a bit of fun. I didn't open a very good pool. I don't think most of us opened very good pools other than Chris. Uh, he, uh, Chris was Chris pretty was much amazing. had the nuts. Yeah. He had the, uh, the Feasting Troll King and a Garrick and uh, just a bunch of other good stuff. So yeah, his was quite good. And he, I think he went 3 0 in his. Yeah, in he didn't the, drop uh, a game. It's like 2 0, 2 0. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. yeah. Well done, Chris. Must he, be nice. He was obviously a bit, bit too worn out from his uh, crazy victories and couldn't make it tonight. So <laughs> maybe next time. But uh, Scott, you were there, so we might as well transition into your Blaster Watch. Uh, how did you find a pre-release? I don't think you've played one for for a while, for a few sets, and the, the last tournament you played was the MCQ, which I know you were very overwhelmed uh, just with <laughs> <laughs> how competitive and, and the modern format. So how did You're you find getting enough. back into a, a pre-release? I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, it was a lot more laid back than obviously what I've been to previously. Um, and the time slot was a lot more user-friendly as well, being, I think we started at <laughs> 3 o'clock afternoon. in the afternoon. Yes, 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> on a Friday afternoon. Good. That's pretty good. So, um, but all up, I enjoyed it. Like, like you said before, though, I don't, I didn't draw any good cards out of, out of my, out of the ones I had. So, um, I managed to put together a red and white just because I knew the colours and they seemed to surprise, work all right. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I say on paper, pardon the pun, they, they actually looked all right yeah. until I actually got to play the deck and then uh, they weren't any good at all. But um, I got to meet some nice people, got uh, the second bloke I played against, uh, his deck destroyed me within three or four turns twice. <laughs> so, um, And I don't think there's anything I could have done. He just happened to have some really great cards. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it, mattered, it wouldn't have mattered what I had. Uh, yeah. But he was a nice guy, though. Um, the bloke that was sitting next to me, though, playing his game, he, he was a real, a real bit of a tool. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Talking about Chewy, by the way. Okay. But all up, me though, deep, man. Yeah, actually, Cut me deep. Cut me deep. 
Well, there was there was a guy there with a sword, so. Oh, that's right, the guy with the sword, yeah. No, we're, yeah. we're supposed to be encouraging people to play magic, not scaring yeah, them yeah. off. Wait, didn't yeah. you play Chewy the last competition you guys played? In the, yeah, in the, in the, in the MCQ? MCQ. Quality, MCQ, I did, yeah. Oh, I, played in I on didn't the, play against uh, in Scott the in the, at the pre-release. I was just oh, sitting no, next to him. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. At, at the pre-release, we're just sitting next to each other. But um, but no, it was it was a good good afternoon. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And, but you uh, you yeah. found that sort of level of play probably a bit more suiting where you're at currently in terms of skill level and experience and that sort of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I want to do some Friday night magic now uh, yep. with some with standard. I don't want to sort of go into modern too much. Um, and so, if anything, that's encouraged me to do that a bit more. Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of using the the decks I'm creating on. Um, on arena, I'll probably turn them into paper decks and uh, and play with those. And nice. See how we go. So yeah, yeah you'd, but- so you you would recommend you'd recommend a pre-release for new players to oh, to get into. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the atmosphere is great, and this particular set is very flavorful, as we've discussed. So I'd, yeah, <laughs> tasty, 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 tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd definitely be encouraging anyone that's new to the game to to try one of these casual events. It's funny yeah, when you talk about the flavor. So I've got a. I've got a five-year-old. My eldest is five, and uh, I came back from the pre-release, and uh, instead of a, uh, a a bedtime story when we were, we were you know doing our nightly routine, uh, we opened a pack and we we read the cards and the flavor text and stuff. And the following week, we were in at the uh, at the card store at our local here in Ringwood, and we she's now got a mono blue fairies deck. You know, she's five. Nice. She can't read the cards specifically, but she understands, <laughs> you know, like if it's got two and the water drop, that's how many land she needs to tap. And she's just into it because she can recognize the fairy tales that the um, the cards are representing. So, like, well yeah, done, cool. Wizards marketing team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they've kind of stepped it up another notch at the moment. They've, they're running a promo as a, uh, a charity thing where they've just printed some My Little Pony yeah. Magic cards. So I told that's my kids about that this to- morning, and they were ridiculously excited. I was like, "Yeah, there's, I there's no way we're getting any of those cards, kids." I'm really sorry. <laughs> I looked at it and went, "What a terrible idea! I wonder how much they are. Should I get them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much are they? I think it's like fifty US for the the set of three, and you buy them oh. through their uh, through the um, the Magic Store or the Wizards Plus Store or something. I think it's called. Um, and then there's playmats. There's three playmats that you can get, and I think the set of three is like ninety bucks US. But it's like fifty bucks for the cards, but they're donating thirty of that to whatever the charity is. The I think charity. Extra Life, I think, is the the charity that it's for. Yeah. Um, and then the playmats, it's like seventy bucks out of the ninety or something is going to to the charity. So it's a good good cause. That's so good. If, if anyone's interested in that sort of stuff, and if you're into My Little Pony, which personally I'm not. I was, I was going to buy them for my nephew, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would love those, actually. He'd love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they're still available or if they've sold out, but I, I did hear on a podcast I was listening today, people were talking about it. So, yeah, I don't even know if they're actually for sale yet. But, yeah, have a look at the Wizards site and see because, yeah, Wizards of the Coast, who makes magic, is owned by Hasbro and Hasbro owns My Little Pony. So, they did last year, maybe the year before, they did a Transformers um, set. It was released at uh, what was it called? The con San Diego Comic Con. Oh, has no, nah, they did. It was oh, the Hasbro. Has- has- oh, that's Hasbro. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they did Which the. I don't think was very successful. They did the Ravnica Dungeons and Dragons campaign as well. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. A, there's a lot of crossover because <clears throat> the companies the companies own a lot of 
intellectual intellectual property for um, various other games. So, yeah, it's cool to see them actually branching out and using those things because, yeah, if you've got a whole bunch of people that are into My Little Pony, all of a sudden they hear about, oh, there's these sweet cards, have a look at these. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's an act- actually it's a game called Magic. Well, yeah, there's a, there's another audience so you can try and suck into the uh, the cardboard crack <laughs> addiction. <laughs> so one thing I just wanted to touch on, Scott, talking about your pre-release is we, or not, not specifically me, but some of the others who were there noticed a few things that you were missing while you were playing mm. and, and not to have a go at you or anything like that, but it uh, kind of highlighted to us that for you, the bulk of your play currently is arena- Mm-hmm. And going and playing in paper is very different. And this is a topic yep. that's on our list to talk about. But is that something that you noticed personally at, at the pre-release that you, all of a sudden you had to remember to do some really basic things? I felt that way more so at the um, at the Mythic Qualifier yep. um, where I really had to stay very focused on what cards had what buffs on them. Um this time round, though, it was just dumb newbie mistakes. Like it was, <laughs> and I couldn't like Chewy sort of pointed out at one point he was watching uh, as I was playing a game, and one of the cards, and I can't remember which what the name of the card is, but it's the the actually, red sir, the red knight. I can't remember the name. That's the one it, yeah. where you, if you want, um, you can just tap it, and he just does one point of damage. The the opponent I was playing against was on three life, but probably about four or five turns and I could have killed him at any time, you yeah. know, just, just using that, that, just one, that one damage a turn. And I just didn't, because I didn't know the card very well and I didn't yeah. take the time to learn the card. It yep. was just a typical newbie mistake. And I think uh, Chewie also pointed out that at one point I actually forgot to pick up a card when it was my turn. <laughs> I forgot to throw it <laughs> on my deck. So yeah. from my library. So yeah, just, um, and whether that was just nerves, I don't know, but that, I can't, you know, there's no excuse for that because they were, they were terrible newbie mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but it just sort of goes to highlight when you're playing a tournament in person, it is very different to sitting at home in your in your desk chair or whatever and, and playing on arena where there's no real stakes. And then when you actually go and play in person, it is very different. Um, and like a thing that people always say is read the card. Like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole card. <laughs> read, read the, card. Read the yes. whole card and read the whole card. Uh, read the card, read the whole card. I think the moral of that story was read the card. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so, I didn't do that at all. And 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 it's just a little like little things of just taking that extra ten seconds per turn to just look at all your cards and just go, okay, is there anything I'm missing before I pass the turn, or when my opponent passes his turn back to me, is there anything I should be doing before I draw my cards and and all that sort of stuff. So we'll get. I think we'll get into that sort of uh, transition from arena to paper. I think that'll most likely be a full topic for an, for an episode. We won't do that now, but yeah, just sort of wanted to highlight that, seeing as that was something that had come up for you um, mm. recently in the tournament. So, but also um, one thing that I did sort of—I mean, I knew it anyway going into it. But one thing that was uh, emphasised was that don't be scared to ask to look at other players' cards. I mean, we've, we've yeah, talked about yeah. that before, but particularly in these sorts of events where it's very casual. Most of the players there, well, the ones that I played against had no idea what most of their cards did either, let alone what my cards did. And we were constantly reading each other's cards. Yeah. Um, and and no one had any grievance at all with that yep. going on. Yeah, so- especially at a pre-release where you're playing with brand new cards. Like, there's always going to be those people that read every card on the spoiler and know exactly what all the cards are, but 90% of people don't. Don't. <laughs> Ain't no <laughs> yeah. time some- for that. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I know some of the cards because I pay attention to some of it, but there's people that literally go in blind and have 
they haven't seen a single card, so they have to read every single card. So, yeah, at a pre-release especially, go for it. Like, you feel free to, to read everybody's cards. But in, mm-hmm. in, in a normal tournament, you are in, – in, in most tournament settings, you generally want to ask the person, can I read that card or can I look in your graveyard or whatever it is that you're doing because some people are a little bit precious about their cards and people have cards that are worth a lot of money. So, you want to be careful with that sort of stuff. But – they, they shouldn't have an issue. And if they do, you can call a judge and say, oh, I need to know what that card does and the judge will provide you with the information. So, yeah, it's definitely something to remember. Um, so, you also sort of mentioned pre-cast and this sort of takes us into our next topic, Scott, that you're sort of starting to look at getting into standard. You're, you're jumping onto arena and playing a few decks on there. Um, what have you been giving a go in this in this new format? Uh, well, I had to... Reevaluate my cavalcade deck uh, yep. because some of the cards and that obviously dropped out. Yeah, half of them took, it came out. So I uh, only two cards uh, were actually taken out of my deck, and um, so I used that opportunity to really rework it. So I'm now working on cavalcade part two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so half the cards are still the same, but I've now put heartfire in there. Obviously, my Chandra is still in there. Um, Skill the critics is a new card that I've put in. I've got four tall brands, um, and I'm really he, he's a great little card. Yeah, tall brand. he's very good. Yeah, so I've got him in there. But um, so apart from the cavalcade deck, I've also just been using the time just to tinker with a few of the um, the more flavoursome decks. Just and I, they're not competitive at all. Usually when I play them, they they do terribly, <laughs> but they're just fun. Um, there was one guy I played against the other night, um, and his was very flavourful. But it was actually a good deck. I wish I could know <laughs> what deck it was. It was, it was a three color deck. It, was, it wasn't it, the it food was, deck, was it? Yeah, it was. That, yeah, that it was the very food flavorful. deck. Yeah, <laughs> 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 with the juicy oh, uh, bananas. <laughs> but uh, he he like he was putting out food. He was he, he was bringing out the golden goose. It was yeah. all it was all happening on turn one. He bought out the once upon a time, and I thought, okay, I'm in for a good time. I'm probably going to lose this game, but it's going to be fun losing against this guy. And <laughs> And the amount of stuff that was just going on uh, was was good. So, so yeah. So I've created my my second cavalcade, and I've also created a seven dwarf deck, um, <laughs> which <laughs> which is yeah, competitive. <laughs> and, and well, actually, that's actually not doing too bad. Now it could also be because I'm in bronze at the moment, and, <laughs> and it's doing all right. Yeah. But um, but and I don't expect it's going to be very competitive as we head into silver. But uh, but for now, it's fun to play especially when you get those dwarves out, all of them. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so I haven't really found a deck yet that I'm really sort of solid on. I know Chewie posted one, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. Um, it's a mono red, um, and I am thinking about creating that deck and giving that a go because I think that's probably more competitive than what, I'm, what I've actually got at the moment in, um, in my choices. So. Yeah, so what we're sort of hoping – um, for most of the rest of the cast is to have a bit of a chat about the standard metagame that we're seeing already. Um, there's quite a lot of tournaments coming up for people. They've released the schedule for the uh, new season of PTQs, the the Players Tour Qualifiers, um, which we may touch on in, a, in another cast. I don't think we've got any in Australia for a little while. Um, but there's the Mogul Championship that's kicked off uh, on Arena that uh, I've been playing on and I know a couple of the other guys are sort of starting to get into. But there's actual tournaments happening, so we thought we'd have a uh, have a bit of a chat about the standard metagame, what's going on. So, as, as you mentioned, Scott, there is a mono red deck that is doing quite well at the moment. I know you've got, got the deck list up at the moment. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it would take for you to transition into that deck, and is that what you're sort of working towards playing? Uh, or you want it, because I know that's not a cavalcade version. Uh, it's a bit bit more of a 
you know, standard aggressive version, kind of like the previous uh, mono red experimental frenzy, that sort of deck. Mm, Are you you yeah. want sort of wanting to move into something like that? Oh yeah, this is a deck I'd definitely give a go. I love Bone Crusher Giant. Yes, in the deck, um, and it's got a few of my favourite cards in there, like the Scorch Splitter and uh, my Shock. I think every red deck has a Shock anyway. <laughs> uh, like the Stage is also in there, which I like, and I, and Skewer the Critics is another card which I've yeah. grown to like too. Um, so it's got all those. I mean, it hasn't. Yes, it hasn't got Cavalcade, and I love the the effect that Cavalcade has when it comes out on the table, but. Um, it doesn't have that in it, but it's got so many other things in here that I do like. Uh, yeah. So I'd, I'd definitely be giving this a go. And I, and I, even the land card, um, Castle Embrith, I yep. do like that as well. So and that's in most of my new decks now, actually, that card. It's also got two Chandra, Scott. I know, but they're sideboarded on this. What's what's going on there? That's <laughs> 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 ridiculous. I guess so, yeah, Torbrand kind of pushed them out, right? Uh, yeah, actually, no, but see, I like Torbrand too, so I don't know what I'd You can't play out. too many four um, drops in your red deck. Yeah. Chandra's no, only three. Yeah, Chandra's three. Oh, it's three Chandra. The okay. three mana Chandra doesn't really fit in this deck uh, as, as well, because it, like, it, it works really well with Cavalcade, because you're, you're creating one ones, mm-hmm. um, so then that's triggering all your, all your Cavalcades, but when you're not playing Cavalcade, it's not quite as good. Um, yeah, like like Chewie said, like the four mana Chandra, you've you've got two tall brands and you've got two frenzies. That's a fair few four drops for your yeah, twenty, 20 land deck. It's um yeah, it starts to be a bit too much. Yeah, but the de- the deck still looks good. Like um yeah, I've I've played a ton of mono red in the previous season, and this deck looks good. I don't know if it's good enough. <laughs> we'll get into some of the other decks uh, tonight, but it's it's good and it's aggressive and it, and it's also cheap. So. I know we've got the some of the breakdowns on some of the decks for main for us. The reality is we basically play on arena, and the mono red deck has zero mythics and nineteen rare wild cards, which is the the main the main wild cards that people struggle to get on arena. So it's it's pretty cheap. And if you've played mono red in the previous season, like I know for you, Scott, you'd mm. already have most of this deck. So yeah, it wouldn't take you much. You know, it might be five or six or something like that wild cards to get into this deck and you've then got a competitive aggressive mono red deck that can actually uh, sort of grind your way up the ladder so yeah if you're looking for a budget option that's actually good and, and mono red's kind of been that for for quite a while then this is definitely a good good deck to look at so chewy i know you've been playing um playing a bit of standard what uh, what decks have you been given a go well from the from the deck with the least number of mythics in mono red to the uh Deck with the most. Um, I've been playing the um, the the Czech Cavalry deck, which is um, there's a, a member of the MPL, Martin User, who's from Czechoslovakia, and um, it's a deck that plays the um, Fires of Invention with the Cavalier of Flame and Cavalier of Gales. <clears throat> they ride horses. Czech Cavalry, that's the name. Um, <laughs> Otherwise known as Jeskai Fires. That's uh, that's another common name for it. I didn't realise it was way called more Czech boring, Cavalry. though. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's a Planeswalker version, so Jeskai Super Friends, uh, which yeah. uses Fires of Invention. But um, it's just so much fun to just... Because you can literally just 20 people um, with this deck. In, so in what, one what is this deck doing? So, <clears throat> so like, fires, fires of Invention was a card that not many people flagged as being really good in, in the spoilers or in the preview season, and, and we I, we definitely didn't talk about it. So do you want to read that yeah, one Yeah, I'll read it out. Yep, it's uh, an enchantment. It's three and a red, and it says, you can cast spells only during your turn, and you may cast no more than two spells each turn. 
you may cast spells with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost. So, it's a good old wizard's printing free, free mana. spells again. <laughs> exactly. So, because <laughs> that's never broken. We've never spoken about that. <laughs> so the deck plays a bunch of lands, like twenty nine. So it, it's trying to get <laughs> just a, to just a number. Yep, a number, and. It's got a few cards that are there to kind of just keep you alive whilst, you know, you're getting to your Pfizer invention. So you've got some Bone Crusher Giant, which are, are good removal spells as well as a, uh, you know, a, a good roadblock. Um, and then you eventually um, cast your... Oh, and Deafening Clarions to sweep up all those um, little mono-red creatures. And then you stick your fires, play your fifth land, and then you can play two Cavaliers in a turn without tapping any mana for it. So... Uh, Cavalier of Flame has an ability where you can pay one and a red and everything gets plus one, plus zero in haste. So, yeah, you can do enormous amounts of damage um, with, uh, you know, well, in, in one turn, basically. So it's almost like a combo kill, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. So <laughs> sometimes you don't draw your um, your fires and you just... You, you blow some stuff up and then you start playing five fives and, you know, you can win that way. But, yeah, then you've got Yeah, this. like the hard, hard casting the Cavaliers isn't that bad. They're still still pretty good. Only five mana for a five five flyer or a six five on the ground. It's it's great. And they've got, you know, comes into play they, they and also dies brainstorms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, um yeah, the deck's really powerful, really fun. Um, takes uh, great advantage of um, Castle Vantress as well because you're often not tapping your lands at all. Um, you can scry, you know, at the end of your opponent's turn or in your own draw step, and you get a uh, get a look at some extra cards. It's, yeah, the deck's just got a lot of power. It's really, really good. Recommend yeah, it. Seem, I think seems like quite a good one. This deck destroyed my dwarves. I think. Yep. Could do. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list now. And I'm thinking, yeah, this looks familiar. Yeah. So it's got eight <laughs> mythic rares. 24 non-land rares and 23 rare lands though so you want to make sure you've got your uh your, your supply of uh wild cards nice and nice and healthy yeah I, I i haven't spent wild cards for ages and i was like oh i've got heaps of wild cards i had like 25 mythics and about 25 rares just kind of saved up and I could not afford this deck. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I, ridiculous. 47 rare wildcards you need. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's and, a lot. And it's worth it. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, like a, a fair few of them are from the previous standard. Like, you've, yeah, you've got a lot of your lands, like your shock lands from the guilds, uh, from the Ravnica sets. You've got your temples from M20. So if you've been playing, you've probably got some of those. You know, like Deafening Clarions and things like that. They're all also from the old sets into fairies. So you've probably got a fair bit of it, but yeah, there's still a lot. You could you could trim down a little bit. You could not play Fabled Passage, and that would save four. And, you know, there's Drawn from Dreams, which is amazing, especially when you're not actually paying mana for it. There's four mana, yep. look at the top seven. But you could play a cheaper card draw spell uh, in that space, a cheaper being, you know, a lower rarity. Um, you could, yeah, have that sort of budget version, but... Um, yeah, like the deck's the deck's great. Um, yeah, well, you you can't play it without the eight cavaliers, which are all mythics. So exactly, that's a yep. that's a lot of wild cards going there. So if if you're interested in playing this deck, you have to be pretty interested because yeah, if, if you're willing to burn eight mythics, then uh, you want to be playing this deck for a little while. So just keep uh, that in mind. It. So you <laughs> mentioned earlier, Shorty, that you've been playing in the Mogul event. Um, what have yes. you, what have you been playing in that? 
Yeah, so I had my first challenge on the ladder for the Mogul event um, Tuesday night, I think it was. Uh, tonight is Thursday night, so a couple of a couple of nights ago, and I actually have another one teed up for after we finish recording. Nice. And uh, yeah, I sort of I played in the events that. Uh, they had on Arena over the, this weekend and last weekend where you could play any deck, so you had access to to any card just to kind of give me a bit of a go of what I might want to play. Tried a few diff- different decks, had a bit of fun. At the end of the day, just when everybody is saying Bant Golos or the Bant Lands or Bant Ramp deck is just the best deck, and you've got to have a really good reason to not be playing that deck. Um, and I looked at the list and found I only needed to spend 10 rare wild cards to get into it because I'd, I'd played, um, the Golos Scapeshift deck previously. And thought, yep, I'm going, I'm just going to go with the best deck. I'm playing some, playing a tournament or an, an event that I want to do well in. So I'm just going to go with the best deck. And, uh, yeah, that deck is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. What's <laughs> it, it called is, again? I hate it. <laughs> so it's uh Bant Lands if you if you're looking on MTG Goldfish Bant Lands is uh is the name of it but basically you you ramp you, you get a ton of lands you play 28 or 29 lands a whole bunch of one of lands so you get a whole bunch of different uh, lands with different names because the main thing you're trying to do get Field of the Dead into play which is a land from M20 where when Field of the Dead or another land enters a battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So once you hit seven lands, uh, and one of them being Field of, Field of the Dead, every land you play after that, you're generating a 2-2 zombie. So once you have multiple Field of the Deads, every land you play, you're getting multiple free 2-2 zombies. And then you so, do things like Securitas Route and put two yeah, lands into play. Yeah, so you time. play your Growth Spirals and, yeah, Securitas Routes. And Golos, when you play Golos, he goes and gets the land and puts it on the battlefield. So you, you're just pumping out lands and you're just getting free zombies and just overwhelming... Um, the board, uh, and then you're playing cards like Hydroid Crisis to gain you back a bunch of life and draw a bunch of cards. Uh, the Realm Cloak Giant lets you wipe the board uh, and then play a giant as a, as a threat. So the version I'm playing, I've tinkered with it a little bit. I'm, I'm actually playing two Fae of Wishes, and I've, so I've got a, a few cards in my sideboard that I can go and get. Uh, I quite like that. Uh, I've trimmed down on a couple of Teferis because I've found them to be not that good, and I'm also playing... Um, just a one-off beanstalk giant. I've found that to be quite good. Go and go and get a land, and then it's just you. So often in this deck, you're you're playing really long games. You have fifteen, twenty lands in play. So you play a beanstalk giant, and it's a twenty-twenty. And <laughs> yeah, it's it works so well with realm clock <laughs> giant because you can wipe the board, and your beanstalk giant is a giant, so he doesn't die, and then you swing in for the win. So yeah, it's a very very powerful deck. Uh, Definitely enjoyed it, and I will be sticking with that for quite a while. It's like looking at the the wild card requirement. It's eight mythics and twenty eight rares for sort of the standard version that's on um, up on Goldfish. You can build some build a bit of a budget version. Like most of the lists run a lot of temples, like one of uh, like the temples from M twenty. So you can you can change them in for like guild gates or the the lands that come into play tapped, and you gain one life. That sort of thing. So that's that's a good way to um, cut down on your lands. You have to have uh, four Field of the Dead 
There's that's what the deck's built around. Um, you know, you need four goal loss, but you can change up a few other things. But if you've been playing standard recently, you've probably got a fair bit of this deck, so it's um it's a good one to get into, and I thoroughly uh thoroughly recommend it if you would want to win. Well, I might wait if I was you. <laughs> because the wizard so just just quickly to interject because this is actually a really and there's a rustling in the microphone that was Joel putting on his tinfoil hat yeah absolutely <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> wizards sent out a, a tweet today because that's what they do saying that there was a banned and announced a banned and restricted announcement coming on the 21st of October now uh, they literally had one two days ago three days ago uh, and no bans no restrictions um the Mythic Championship is coming up on the weekend, not this weekend, but the following. So, the I think it's the, the weekend of the 20th. 17th to the 20th. And then literally the day after it finishes, there's a ban and a restricted announcement. So, Which wasn't, wasn't meant to happen until November the 18th. Yeah. So, they brought it forward by a full month. So, there's a couple of things that they're doing there. One is it's about to lead into the standard PTQ season, as Shorty mentioned before. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of speculation that this Golos deck is just, well, it's the best deck in standard by quite a lot, and people are suggesting that the Mythic Championship may be completely full of Golos and Field of the Dead, and there's really no good way to interact with Field of the Dead is one of the problems. Yeah, it's all, the games are also really long. Really, really long. Like they, and they're just slow. And, and because yeah. there's no time management required for Arena, you can play a single game of three Right, so just one of your three games, it can take like 50 minutes or an hour. So, like, particularly if you're playing, like, Golos versus Golos Mirrors, right, or Field of the Dead Mirrors, whatever you want to call them. So, that's what some of the speculation is. So, if you're thinking about getting into some of these decks that are going to cost you heaps of wild cards and you don't have many, I would really just wait. Because there's a pretty good chance that- There's just, like, it's a week and a half- and if you buy a bunch of Field of the Deads with you, you've got four rare wild cards and that's what you use and they ban it, man. I mean, they'll probably reimburse you, but it's still the ultimate feels bad. So, there you go. Tinfoil hat. in that week and a half, you can crush bulk games. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You'll yeah. get like 60 rare wild cards. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's also the flow on effect. Like if, if they were to ban, say, Field of the Dead as an example- Cards like Golos and and the other cards that go around it basically become worthless. Like they they they're not going to go into another deck. So correct. It's and not they just, won't reimburse you, know, you for those ones. No, they they like Wizards. The the last time they had a ban, I think when they banned um the Nexus of Fate, they reimbursed people for the the Nexus of Fates, but they didn't reimburse people for the other cards that go around that. So yeah, that it's definitely if you haven't bought into a deck yet, that's definitely a good PSA. Wait. Yeah, probably wait till after the 21st and then go for it and sort of see and, what And happens the other reason then. to wait there is like um, BNR aside, there might be some really sweet decks that come out of this MC that yeah, you exactly. might go, oh my, I wish I'd known about that instead. I really want to play it. So, like, yeah. this, there's always kind of this interesting period now where you've got all the really spiky people trying to break the format in the weeks leading up to the MC because they want to, you know, like spike a star city tournament or something like that and then there's a period where like all us casual people are just like well i might just hold off for a minute and see what comes out of the pt because that will yeah or the mc that will kind of shape what standard looks like moving forwards from there yep so while you're going cracker yes, do you want to uh give us a rundown on what you've been playing or, or what you've seen Sure. So, I, like you played in a couple of those free events, 
and uh, I actually played the Jeskai Fires list, um, the Czech Cavalry, and it was sweet. But the deck yep. that I did lose horrendously to was Golos, because you just, like, they're both sort of weird control decks, and uh, just free zombies at instant speed is almost impossible to overcome. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I've been playing, I put together the, the mono red list that Scott was talking about before. Uh, yep. Because in the previous season, I'd played a whole bunch, like yourself, of the Chain Whirler Frenzy, uh, Experimental Frenzy um, Mono Red deck. So, it was relatively easy for me to kind of get into that one. Um, I've actually held off on getting the rare lands for the moment. Um, I was a couple wild cards short of getting all four. And I went, "Eh, let's just see how it goes. So, I'm actually playing like just mono mountains at the moment. So, we'll see how that pans out for me. I'm I'm pretty low in the arena ranks. So, I'll try and, you know, score a few packs and see what I can do. Uh, Hopefully, get some drafts in when they come online for gold. I want to start getting into some more limited. So, that's kind of my aim there. Um, Yep. Singing my song, man. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. I got I got a whole bunch of gold I need to spend on some drafts. So well, you see, just waiting after, for that. after our last cast, shorty, I was I was already just buy these packs, but apparently it's just terrible value. So I've got to <laughs> just right. draft instead. <laughs> got to calculate that EV. I got to got to learn the lessons. Um, but there's there's some other sweet decks, I guess. Uh, the goal loss being kind of the focus of standard at the moment. There's a couple of other strategies that people are looking at to go basically underneath because you can't really go over the top of it. Uh, so one of the other lists that I've seen that is pretty sweet are some mono black decks. So they're doing very similar kind of things. They're using like uh, a whole bunch of zombies, Knight of the Ebon Legion, Gutter Bones, uh, Order of Midnight, and they're just trying to go like one drop, one drop, two drop, three drop, you know, like Spawn of Mayhem from a couple of sets ago. I don't know if people remember that one, but uh, hang on, let me read it real quick. Spawn of Mayhem is a four mana card that's uh, four, four with flying and trample. But if you have spectacle, so you've dealt damage to your opponent during that turn, it costs three. So it's uh, one and two black. Uh, and at the beginning of your, each of your turns, you put you take one damage and you put a plus one plus one counter on it. So it gets real big real fast and uh, damage to of, each player it deals yes. deals damage to your opponent as well, which is great for turning on spectacle. Yeah, in that turn. So he kind of uh, he can kind of run away with games. It's also got Rankle, which I think we talked about for a little bit, which yeah. is uh, one of the new mythics from this uh, from Throne of Eldraine. So yeah. Um, Seems like a pretty sweet deck. Using castles, a lot of these decks are uh, kind of going all in on these new powerful rare lands from this set. So Yeah, the, the monocolored decks are definitely adopting three or four of, of a castle, which why not? Like, There's no no downside to playing them, they're, and they're all quite powerful. I mean, they all come into play untapped all the time, as long as it's not your first land. So yeah, um, pretty easy to do. Uh, and then the other one that I've seen a bit of is uh, like a Rakdos aggro. Uh, Shorty, did you say you're playing some of that as well? Yeah, I, I played. I think three games of that on one of the um, the free things on on the weekends, and I found it not very good. <laughs> uh, I don't think I won any of the three games. The mana base uh, is just, terrible. Yeah, it was it was the mana base. Like you've got you're playing an aggressive deck, and you've got you know you're, you're fairly evenly split between red and black costs, but all your black mana. Um, creatures that you're playing or most of them are double black but you just don't have the dual lands you've got blood crypt so you can play four blood crypt but you've got no other untapped dual lands you're, like you're not going to play temples or you the, can't play guild gates 
yeah, you can't play guild gates, anything like that. In an aggressive deck, that just doesn't work. So, like, looking at the mana base on this deck, it's literally, it's four blood crypt, one black castle, and then eight mountain, ten swamps. Like, it's like a draft deck mana yeah. base. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. But, but you're trying to have black on turn one and then red, black, on turn two and yeah. black, black or, one on turn three. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> the demands on the amount. I think it's, it's a really powerful deck, but you will lose games to your mana base a lot, yeah, I think. Yeah, and, and that was what I found in the games that I played. And, and I found cards like, like it's playing four Robber of the Rich. That card, like, there's a fair bit of hype about that card in, in the preview season and it just has not turned out to be very good at all. It, like, I never, ever got to cast a, a card off of it. So, and I'm hearing that from other people that it's just, you know, people that have played 25 matches with Robert of the Rich and they've cast one spell off of it. And yeah, it, it just hasn't panned out. So, it's that a deck hasty, was pretty disappointing. Bear, right? That's, that's yeah, all but it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, there are common two, two, like, double red creatures that do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, like, why spend your. Is it rare or it's a mythic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a mythic. mythic. Yeah. So, like, why are you spending your mythic wild cards on a, a thing that you're just never going to get the full value from? Yeah. Save them, boys. Yeah. So, this this deck is also quite expensive. Like, it's 11 mythics, 35 rares. Like, that's a lot of rares because pretty much all of your creatures are rares. And it's not worth it, I, I don't think. Maybe if things change or maybe when another set comes out, uh, like the, the next set is Theros, maybe we get... We don't get the rest of the temples. Who knows? You get it some sort of other jewel land, or maybe in a couple of sets' time, we get another red black untapped jewel land. Then, yeah, maybe it'll be a good deck by then. But I think at the moment, the mana just just really kills that deck. So I would be avoiding uh, avoiding that deck. So um, I think the other big deck that's sort of getting around at the moment is yeah the Simic Food deck. So I don't know if any of you guys have played or played against that deck. I've played against it. A fair amount, and I think Scott even precast was saying that he uh, he came up against it a little bit, and the, mm. the deck's pretty good. I haven't put it together yet, but it's um, it, it is a deck that you know can sort of grind, and I, I think if you know Joel's tinfoil hat isn't too tight, and they actually do ban Field of the Dead, this might just <laughs> be the best deck, uh, you know, to fill that. To fill that vacuum, it it will become you know the the boogeyman of the format. Yeah, yeah so, so it's I'm- it's the best Nissa shell that we've got, right? So um, the, well, both they're doing unless, Nissa- you, unless you're Riley Knight, and then it's Oko. Sure, because you're an, but an they're doing like Gilded Goose <laughs> into Oko, which is just a stupid card. Yes, I don't know why they they put all those lines of text. Why, why doesn't it down tick to turn a creature into an elk? <laughs> <laughs> why is it an uptick? Yeah, and why isn't it like only your opponent's things or something like that? Like the fact that you can just create food and then just turn it into a three-three and then create some more food and then turn that yeah. into a three-three and yeah, it's um, it's it's an interesting deal. Like I I played, I think I played probably like five rounds of either the Simic version or the Bant version, and yeah, Gilded Goose into Oko. They just can't, unless they've got a murderous rider, you just can't kill Oko. It's so hard to kill. Like you, you play it on turn two and you plus it, plus two to create a food. It's got six loyalty. You, you just can't kill it. Like, what does your opponent have on the board at that time that can attack it and actually kill it? Nothing. <laughs> Scorch Spitter? It's turn two. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't kill it. <laughs> no, I know. It doesn't do anything. And so then you just continue ticking up. And it's, yeah, it's a it's a crazy card. The, the thing I did find with it, I, I 
sent the guys a couple of screenshots of games that I'd played. I had games where my Oko was on. I had one game where my Oko was on twenty five loyalty, and I still <laughs> managed. I still managed to lose the game because <laughs> it just it just never his minus ability was just never relevant in the matchup that I was playing. I, I can't remember what I was playing against, but it was just never relevant. And that seemed to be pretty common. Like he w- he would just be on really high loyalty, and there was just kind of you know you were you were generating value, you were creating food, and if you had other things to do with that food, then then that was great. Or you were turning all your opponents' big creatures into three threes and stuff like that. But you just continued ticking up and ticking up and ticking up and <laughs> until someone played a Teferi and bounced your Oko, and then you played it again and continued ticking it up again. So yeah, very very powerful. I found the deck to be very powerful, but it still was not as powerful as Golos. That's, um, yeah, the, the Golos deck is just better. So, yeah, Cracker, you got another one? Yeah, there's just uh, there's uh, a pair of decks that are starting to kick around. Actually, there's, there's three variants, but they're based around innkeepers. So, they're all ah, ad- yeah, adventure-based adventure decks. decks yes. Yeah, so, so there's two main ones. So, there's they're all green-based. So, there's green-white, which, um, which is really aggressive. So, they're basically just trying to throw out as many cheap creatures as they can. Um, Innkeeper basically uh, doubles your adventures, right? Yeah, so it's when you – it's he's a one-mana 1-1 one, one for, for green. Mm-hmm. When you cast a instant or sorcery with, uh, with the adventure mechanic, you copy it, create a copy of it. So, yeah, right. you're, you're, playing, you're playing just a whole bunch of creatures that all <laughs> have the adventure mechanic. And you're just doubling up, so you're just doubling up your value every every time with by having that guy. So uh, no, I've just completely messed that up. <laughs> That's the, the wrong one. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was thinking of the Lucky Clover, which is not in this deck. The Innkeeper is the one where you get to draw a card, right? Oh yeah. yes, that's right. So some of them yeah. are playing read, Lucky read Clover. The as well. Read the card. Read the card. I just sacked. see we had all these other decks listed out, and I went, "Oh wait, I've got one more to talk about," and no one was ready for it. But <laughs> no, no, no. This is just a. Um, uh, we're just drawing back to the read the card lesson from earlier. Exactly. Just, we did this exactly. deliberately. Yes, to, to it's also our point. See, yeah. I am. Perfect. I am not a bean. <laughs> uh, so the green white version is basically it's again it's an aggressive deck. Um, and then they're still using uh, Venerated Loxodon, which is the Convoke creature from one of I the Ravnica sets. Yeah, yeah. So he went, basically you um, tap your creatures and they get a plus one, plus one counter on them. Uh, and so they're kind of going wide and tall with that. Uh, then there's also a green-black version, which is much more grindy. And so they're using like Murderous Rider and some of the witches and things like that to, to do a bunch of sacrifice and just try and gain a lot of value. And there are some Jund versions kicking around, so which is red, black, green. Uh, and I think they're using that to um, splash like the um, giant. Bone Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher Giant to, to use like Stomp and, you know, the um, Lucky Clover. So you can, you know, cast the Adventure Side and shock two things at once or, you know, two, kill two things with your Murderous Riders and that sort of stuff. So that's the other deck you might see kind of kicking around in that f- family of Adventure decks. Yeah, it's a like it's pretty cool. And again, the Edgewall Innkeeper was a card that nobody really looked at in the previews because Sam Black did. It was <laughs> Sam, yeah. We won't talk about Sam Black. He's a he's a very good out of the box thinker. <laughs> I looked at it as a potential limited card, right? I was like, oh, if you drafted bulk adventures, then I could see you know 
adding one of these as my yeah. 23rd card or something and get some yep. value. But, yeah, it's certainly better than most people thought. Yeah, well, it was so hard to tell without playing with them how good the adventure mechanic would be. And it turns out being able to use two parts of your spell every time is really good, which we should have known from flashback and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like how good have cards with flashback been over the years where you, you get your aftermath, the the one from the Armanket um, block. Yeah, being able to use your spell for two different purposes is is great. It's yeah, it's it's card advantage as as you said. So when you've got a, a one mana creature, you can play on turn one that every time you cast one of those things, you also get to draw a card. It just yeah, it it uh, it keeps the engine running, right? I mean, yeah, you just that's never the, the never run out. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's an engine card, so it yep. itself doesn't win you the game, but it lets you keep drawing into those things that will just yeah, gain exactly. you overwhelming value. Yeah, basically, and having a card like Once Upon a Time, which pretty much all of the decks that are playing green, I think I don't think there's any that are playing green that aren't playing Once Upon a Time. That card has turned out to be really powerful because you have that opening hand and you go, you know what, this hand's pretty good, but it doesn't have an innkeeper. I'm going to keep it and I'm going to draw my card for turn one and then I'm going to cast my Once Upon a Time and, oh, look, there's my innkeeper. Okay, play a land, play my innkeeper, away I go. The amount of times I've had an opponent find their goose to cast their yeah. turn two Oko. Oh, yep, it's I did that. Yeah, so many times. And, yeah, it's, I mean, you do the same thing in the Golos deck. It's you... Uh, you, you cast it on turn one and you find your arboreal grazer and it's like, okay, sweet. Well, now I'll play my land, my untapped land, play my grazer, play a, a, a guild gate and away we go. So it's a very, very powerful card. Card which, seems really good, yeah. Who, again, who would have thought free spells <laughs> are powerful? <laughs> At least we called that one. Yeah, I, th- I think everybody called yeah, that Yeah, I know, but like <laughs> I'll take the win where we can get it. Yeah, yeah. that one was obvious, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think that's most of the metagame uh, yeah. sort of a, a breakdown. So I know, Chewy, you had uh, something else you wanted to mention yeah, before so we moved on. When we have sort of introduced each deck, we counted out the number of wild cards you needed. And there was a time I was late to the party on Arena. Uh, you guys have been playing it longer than me. And so I I didn't have the um, the, the stockpile of, of the card collection or the wild cards. And in the last season, the M20 season, I drafted a lot, like multiple drafts per week. Um, and that churned out wild cards for me like nothing else. Cause you, and you were just paying gold for those drafts as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. You weren't yeah, actually exactly. paying money. Yep. No. So um, I, I had a pretty good run. Like I, I, I figured out the format. Uh, I ended up, you know, uh, just... Just nudging, uh, got my nose over the line on platinum by the end of the season. I only started drafting halfway through the season, so um, I really enjoyed the format. So I wanted to play it a lot, and I kind of cracked the code a little bit. Uh, and uh, I watched the number of wild cards that I got kind of go through the roof because it was um, you get prizes as um, like packs as prizes, so you get um, you get more. Um, you get more wild cards because you know your your little clock spins around. So it's um it's really good. And then the 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 value that you get out of the the pre release bundle when you get the the fifty packs for for fifty bucks or whatever it works out to be. Yep. Um that that is like the best value that you can get uh, on arena for for packs. And it's a um yeah I recommend that. So anyone who 
is um, you know wanting to get into arena when when the next set comes out make sure you jump on that bundle because yeah that you just can't can't beat that for value yeah yeah we definitely mentioned that in the last cast and i think one thing we did actually miss on that uh on our episode on arena was what you just said so every every time you open a pack there's a little in in the screen where you open your packs there's a, like little counters in the corner of uncommon and rare wild cards and once those counters fill up, which you get one uh, one check, I guess, on each each one of those counters per pack you open, once they fill up, you get a rare wild card or you get an uncommon wild card. Um, and then every so often you get a mythic wild card. So it's not just the cards that you're opening in the packs and randomly you also get in packs uh, wild cards of various rarities. As you open more packs, you... Uh, keep ticking over these things and generating more wild cards. So your packs that you open in a draft for doing the draft, so the three packs that you open, they also count towards that counter. And then obviously you get prize packs from doing your draft. So they also count towards that counter. So yeah, very quickly you can just play a bunch of drafts with your gold that you've slowly earned and generate a bunch of wild cards and then have access to the decks that you want to play. So... Yeah, we and then will... you can play the Czech cavalry deck with all those <laughs> wild cards. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, we did mention it when we sort of went through the arena stuff. We will spend a full topic, uh, full cast one time on drafting, uh, drafting on arena and and in uh, tabletop. Uh, we won't do that tonight, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, touch on that again. So keep an eye out for that in the future. So. Yeah, I think that gives you a pretty good rundown on standard. Uh, yeah, if you are looking for the budget options, then yeah, probably stick with your mono reds. It is a, is a pretty good deck. The mono black is also a pretty good budget option. Um, and both of those decks have quite a few cards from the previous sets. So if, if you have played, it shouldn't be too hard to get into. Um, yeah, if you're looking at the cards that have a ton of mythics and a ton of rares, like your, the Golos decks and the Simic, um, and Bant, food decks and probably the Czech cavalry deck. I might wait a week or so until after the BNR announcement just to be sure. Uh, and yeah, just to see what comes out of the Mythic Championship before you sort of yeah, dedicate those hard-earned wild cards to those decks. So speaking of the Mythic Championship, that is coming up, as we mentioned, on the 18th to the 20th of October. And this is one of the arena ones. So uh, it's being held in Long Beach, California. I've never been there. Have any of you guys ever been to Long Beach, California? Been to California. Yeah, okay. been to California. I've been to Long Beach. Yep. I assume it's nice. <laughs> it sounds like a place that's probably really nice. For they a get whole to bunch stare at video screens yeah, for the whole time as well. Sit in a yeah. room and play computer games. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, an arena tournament, uh, which we have had previously, and they are definitely good to watch. So, keep an eye out for the Twitch coverage for this. So, yeah, the, the weekend of the 18th to the 20th. Uh, it is so much better, in in my opinion, watching the matches on Arena compared to watching Paper, where you ha- you just have access to so much more information from both sides of, of the, the game in, in terms of what's in their hands and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, often in tabletop, it's quite hard to know what people have in their hands. So, this is a really good tournament to watch. If you've never watched coverage before, uh, if you want to learn about some of the decks, watch this tournament because you'll get a, a lot out of it. If you want to learn about Bant Golos, <laughs> definitely watch this tournament because <laughs> you're probably going to see mirror matches every every round. Uh, but, yeah, this will be – there's 64 players who, who play in this. So this is the, the MPL and a, a bunch of people that have qualified through Arena and various other things as well as some – uh, invite people that have been invited by wizards 
Uh, and yeah, they play through two days of, of tournaments. Uh, they go from 64, uh, down to 24 players on, on day two. And then from day two to day three, they go down to eight players, uh, where they have a, um, double elimination final. So yeah, it's pretty good. The, the last time they set up was pretty sweet. They got, you know, the fireworks and, and the big screens and they have a whole bunch of really good casters. Um, you know, Brian Kibler and day nine, like really well known people that are very good at, doing that role uh, are usually running these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's definitely a good event and I'll be uh, – unless I'm in a hospital with my wife giving birth to this child that's coming soon, I will probably be watching some of this tournament. So you be watching it on the phone man. anyway, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll have uh, – she'll be squeezing one hand and I'll ha- in the other hand I'll have my phone and I won't be, vi- <laughs> won't be videoing the birth. I'll be watching the uh, Twitch coverage. <laughs> Although my wife's going to listen to this, so maybe I won't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, outed myself. So I think that's probably going to uh, do us for the cast tonight, unless I've missed anything that you guys can think of. No? Nope. Uh, if anyone's nope. going to uh, PAX this weekend. Ah, yeah, uh, PAX. Yep, I'll be heading down there for uh, for at least two days, maybe three. You'll see how I go. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, if you see some strange bloke walking around in a Borderlands T-shirt, that's probably <laughs> going to be me. It doesn't narrow it down yeah, very much. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't, there doesn't actually. Be many of if you see that nerdy guy with the glasses and the Borderlands T-shirt, that'll be Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 35,000 of them. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll take some cards along, um, and I'm hoping to – hopefully there'll be a bit of a wizard's um, – presence this time around there wasn't last year the year before there was a big magic the gathering presence but uh we'll wait and see so yeah so if you see if you see me around hopefully you'll know who i am yep. <laughs> Come up and say hello yeah yep and uh yeah hopefully we'll get a few more listeners out of that so yeah i think that'll do us for tonight we'll wrap up the episode there so thank you again for joining us where we always appreciate the people who do listen to this cast and it is good to see that our numbers are steadily growing so keep it up keep spreading the word to your friends and uh, sharing the cast out there because we're doing it for you fellow aussies out there i know most of our listeners are from australia but we also uh, appreciate our, our international listeners so feel free to share us all around the globe uh yeah we will leave it there if you want to get uh, in touch with us and give us any sort of feedback or uh, any topics that you want us to discuss in upcoming podcasts then you can hit us up in the usual places so you can find us over on twitter at magic beans cast you can send us an email magic at gmail.com or find us on facebook or our youtube channel just search for magic beans cast chewy have you put up any videos recently uh, no, not for not for a few days actually. So yeah, you know, uh, been, your work's been, a bit been pretty hectic. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you can it's probably coming through the microphone. You know, the man flu is real. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've all experienced that at at some point in our lives. <laughs> it's, My it's last way, opponent way worse than infect. childbirth. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. You remember yep. that cat when you're giving birth, all right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at PSync. Chewy, you are? Uh, at ChewyMTG. Uh, cracker. Joel Hill underscore. And Scott? Uh, at the Real Blaster. Very good. And yeah, that'll do us for tonight. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. See you guys.